our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, hey. I feel like last week, you know, I went on a rant about vitamins and deficiencies. What is the topic that you'd like to bring to the table today? Oh, oh, okay. Well, I was going to ask how your vitamins and deficiencies were going. It's going great. I got a re-prescription. For? Both. Vitamin D and? <laughs> and iron. Love a woman who has her vitamins and minerals taken care of. That's powerful. I have nothing to bring. (laughs) So today we are going to dive into something a little bit more controversial, perhaps something a little bit deeper. This is an episode where you're either going to be nodding your heads in agreement as you are driving, washing your clothes, your car. We have a lot of people that do errands when they listen to us. Don't look at me that way. (laughs) And you're either going to be nodding or you're going to be like, what on earth are these girls on about? But that's the beauty of this episode. It's going to be raw. It's going to be honest. And we are going to tell you the truth that no one tells you about quitting your job and about going into self-employment. Why? I feel like we're in this great resignation phase that's just kind of not come and pass, but we're on the tail end of it. People are quitting their jobs or they have started and gone into their own thing or they're thinking about it. And if you're a person that's like, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe I should quit and take on that side hustle or take it full time. Why do you think there is such a like grass is greener on the other side vibe when it comes to self-employment versus like just a normal nine to five? I think we did a great episode on hustle culture and what hustle culture teaches us and all the like pros and cons of it. I think some of it definitely stems from that. Like be your own boss, like don't make someone else richer as you say. But I also think that as humans, we have a tendency to glorify the situation that we're not in. So if you are in self-employment, Usually you'll get, if you're in a lull or experiencing issues with self-employment, you'll think of all the benefits and all of the highlights that people who are employed in a nine to five, what they have, and then vice versa. Like if you're employed and you're not happy in your job, you're maybe having a tiff with your boss. Like you're thinking about, gosh, I just wish I was like self-employed. Like always just, that's so, that's so true. And I just want to put out a disclaimer. So like if you and you here, Sonia and I were both 
employees, I quit and went self-employed in October last year. So give it four or five months. For you, it's been two, three months since you've joined. And I would personally say that the pros outweigh the cons for me when it comes to self-employment. Like I do love it. I do enjoy it. And I feel most comfortable here, but I want to share those truths about the not so lavish, fun, exciting things that people maybe don't share and like don't show online. I think it's important to be like, yeah, there are pros for XYZ and I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's some cons too. And I think if you want to jump in, you should know them both so that you can make that choice for yourself. To start things off, would you say that what you imagined self-employment to look like versus what it actually is was any different or was it like a a Venn diagram where the circles were on top of each other? It's definitely been a learning journey for sure. Um, I actually wanted to ask you a question around like, do you think this is the craziest thing ever that I'm self-employed and like jumped on board like full-time because I think I was such a corporate groupie. What does that mean? I was always like, you know what, you you can be wealthy like working a nine-to-five, like it's not the worst thing in the world and I genuinely in my climbing up the corporate ladder trajectory was like, I could, I could do this for a very long time until I couldn't. And we'll get yeah. it. Sonia was the friend that I never imagined. Yeah, you're right. I never imagined that you would do this full time or, or, or anything else that was like more self-directed full time. Like I was always a friend that would be like, what about this? What about that? Come join me in this. Come join me in that. And you'd be like, thank you. I appreciate it. But no, I love you know, this more stable lifestyle. And yeah, it did surprise me when you were like, actually, I want to, I want to give this a go, but you kind of skipped around my question, which is, was it different to what you expected? For me, I think I was lucky to have you in a sense, because you did say these are the things that I had to adjust to and, you know, work on and be conscious of. So I kind of already had a few warnings on potentially the things I could struggle with. And it's not an an abrupt decision that I made. I did think about it and think about like the cons as well as the pros. So I think for me, a few things that I've realized about myself is that I can work autonomously. I used to just be like, nah, group work or teamwork or like working with leaders and in collaborative spaces and making collaborative decisions. I was like, that's me for, for Evs. And I think personally for me, where I was coming from with that in hindsight, looking back now that came from a place where I just probably didn't believe in myself as much as I should have, you know, or like I didn't give myself enough credit to kind of self-soothe and make decisions on my own instead of getting like a check or a verbal nod from like someone else. I totally agree though. The self starting part, like I don't think, let's be honest, I don't think a single person on this earth truly means it when they say they're a self starter. Like who wants to get up and be like, I'm going to go work super hard today. I think there's like other factors that push you. Like I want to work hard for the mission that this means or the people this is going to help or the maybe the promotion that I'm after I think there's always like a reason why you want to get up and do things but for me like if I didn't have an incentive I w- why would I work you know even if the incentive is like a mission of making more people invest or a mission of like breaking down barriers that's still an incentive if there was nothing there who would self-start in any job well that's just how I view it but I don't know if that's 
like the truth. Would you say there's something about self-employment that has surprised you? So many things. So many things surprise me. And I kind of want to get into the truth about self-employment now. You know, you've got this idealistic view of like quitting a job. Who doesn't want to leave, especially if you're in a bad work environment? I think it's a lot more chill. Like we came from pretty good companies. I would say both of us, there was no like big push that was kicking. Like we weren't already on the way out, but if you come from a toxic work environment or you've got like a boss that's like, you know, breathing down your neck, or you've got a lot of like strong work related stress, it's so easy to have this idealistic view of like, that will all go away when I'm self-employed because a lot of times these problems are more managerial. Like it's more the people and the pressure from top that push you out of a job as opposed to the hours or the work or the, you know, the pay even. There's a few things that surprise me. I kind of want to go through them one by one and I'd love for you to like share yours as well because I think you've definitely got a few that we've spoken about in the past. One of the things that I knew, like I was warned about, but still like was surprised by and probably the biggest learn was the loneliness that comes from being self-employed. I was warned by a good friend of mine who also as a podcaster has a team. So isn't even like self-employed as like a sole trader, like by themselves has a team and they were like, you know, welcome to the club. It's going to get lonely. And I was like, why? Like, what on earth does that mean? Like, I'm such a social person. You can find me making small talk with like the woman standing next to me at the airport. Like it annoys the hell out of some of my friends, but like, I'll, I'll do it, you know? So I never thought making friends or maintaining friendships was going to be hard, but it's so difficult when you're self-employed. For me, looking back, I've always existed in groups. <laughs> like in high school, you've got a group. When you're in uni, you've got a group. Even like I was the person that actually didn't mind group work, which is like shock horror to a lot of people. Cause I know, you know, you have to rely on others and there's always those memes going around group projects. And even like working in a team, I was a team leader. Like I was always with people. You gave me that warning. I was so shocked. Cause like you think in your head, I have this free time. I'm in charge of my own schedule. I'm responsible for these tasks. And then you message your friends who are in jobs. They're like, sis, I'm working. <laughs> and I think that was quite eye-opening. I did have like a few of my friends, they work from home. So it's pretty chill. Like we can go out for a coffee or go for lunch. But even then it's kind of like, I have to be back. Yeah. Even with that warning, I was like, wow, my only colleague is my best friend, which is not bad, but this is before we had an office space. So it was all virtual as well. And it was all like from separate spaces. Yeah. Because I started to realize like my last few close friends that I have made have come from my last job because you hang out and by accident, you just kind of start getting drawn to certain people. You spend time outside of work and suddenly bam, your friends. How do you do that when you aren't working with other people? Like, thank God we have each other. But when it was just me at the start, like that was hard. And I think it's hard for anyone, even if you're not as social as, you know, us. I think anyone that goes from working in an environment where you're around people, even if you're working from home throughout the pandemic, you had so many connection points digitally and people you had meetings with and stuff. So going from that to maybe less meetings and fewer like face-to-face contacts it is hard for anyone I think it really is and do you know why it's hard because when you have 
like a crappy meeting or a crappy email or like a bad day and you've messed up, isn't it nice when you can like look at your colleague and go, oh my God, what was that? Or just like have a laugh. You can't, like imagine like you just get a bad email. If you're working by yourself, like who you who do you complain to? No one's going to get it. And as much as your friends and family want to understand, unless they're also self-employed, that is rough. But yeah, I think the loneliness, despite working in a field where we're out and about all the time, we're traveling, we're talking to people, meeting people, it still gets lonely. Yeah, it's the day-to-day loneliness because those events and the speaking things, they could be a few a few times a fortnight, you know, and it's definitely gotten better now. So we've got an office space where we kiki and giggle and laugh all the time. And so it definitely makes a difference. Absolutely. What would you say is the second truth about self-employment? Being in charge of your own schedule and your own calendar, you need a lot of discipline because you could be like, okay, I'm just going to take a little half day, take a mini trip out, like to the supermarket, go get a coffee. And then you're working till 10 PM. It's like being strict with your work day. So they, it doesn't extend to the whole day. Cause you technically, if you want to procrastinate your tasks, like you could start at 8 AM, like turn your laptop on, do some emails, and then you could finish the day at 9 PM. Because you're like, I can just do this later. And you don't have deadlines for yourself or like due dates. Or to be honest, sometimes like someone else relying on you to get a piece of work done before you can do it is also a great push for you to remain disciplined because it's like, or you're letting the team down. Again, like I'm really glad that I have you because if I do procrastinate, it does affect like another person or like our work ethic. So there is that accountability there. Yeah, it's just honestly being disciplined with your own time and knowing how to work autonomously. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. As well. It, do you know what it reminds me of? Like, do you remember in high school when your teachers used to be like, you know, in high school, we're going to hold your hand, but in college or university, like, that's all you. You have to turn up to lectures. You have to do the assignments. No one's going to be there with you. And that was a jump. I could miss a lecture. Oh, whoops. I'm 20 lectures behind. Like, that's what the jump from working under someone to working for yourself is like. And when you work for someone, like you said, like the team thing, like the accountability thing, but like a whole organization that's like multiple managers, colleagues, uh, clients. Um, like there's 
from all sides, you've got the pressure to get job done, which can get annoying and very stressful very quickly with having all this pressure and accountability. But the like desire to get the job done is no longer a hindrance. I'm the same as you though. Like it's so the days I wake up the earliest and like come to the office the earliest are the days when we have like a meeting at like 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. Those days I'm like up by 6.30, ready to go. The days I don't have anything that is like meeting-based planned and it's just me working by myself on a project, you know, I kind of crawl out of bed a lot slower and I'm in the office by like 9.30, 10. And that in itself is like, wow, I'm so lucky I can do that. But then I'm staying there till like 10 p.m. because I started later. People always talk about the freedom of time and like you get to be your own boss. Do you know how hard it is to be your own boss? It can get tricky having those conversations like with yourself and just being honest with yourself if something didn't get done because you have no one else to blame but you. <laughs> like you can't be like, okay, but they didn't send me an email or they didn't follow up or they didn't follow the post implementation like project plan or whatever the if it is. You only have yourself to blame. We're just realizing that we're not very onto it, people. <laughs> and self-employment taught us that. People always talk about like the highs. And I hope this is opening people's eyes right now. <laughs> I mean, someone might be listening and going, you know what? I'm actually really self-disciplined and I'm an introvert. So this is like not a non-issue for me. That's great. I wish I was like that. I just wish these were things that people told me. Like, you really have to just get things done. You have to just get up and, and do it. Absolutely, though, like, I don't want to not address the fact that being able to say, hmm, let me just get into the office at 10, no one's pushing me, is nice. And, like, there's definitely the pro of that. Like, like to give you a bit of insight, like, at the GTA headquarters, for example, we might be looking to a host, you know, a workshop, or we might be looking to have a meeting with a potential sponsor for a webinar. Those things can happen at 9am, they can happen at 12pm, they can happen at 5pm. And if we're working with overseas clients, we could be working, you know, at 11pm. And so on one hand, it's like, that's awesome. I can set my own time and I can schedule everything in my own way. On the other hand, if you're not self-starters, and we are not, you kind of, yeah, just almost abuse the fact that there's no schedule and then you're like wow I'm working so long and so hard but it's just lots of things spread across different times in the day yeah it's so easy to shove those admin tasks that you don't really want to do but kind of have to do like towards the end of the day or like you know what I, I could do an hour on Sunday no you have to set boundaries when you are self-employed because otherwise it could get you could get burnt out pretty quick number three on the truths about self-employment is burnout I remember during my experience in my first couple of months working by myself I was writing a book I was taking this journey of trying to build something that I'd done part-time into full-time work. And that was such a, a, an adjustment. And so, because there's no distinction between your life and work when you're, because it's like, oh, this is my baby. This is my business. Like I am not Simran Core. I am Sim from Girls That Invest. And there's no like five o'clock switch off period. When I was an optometrist, and for those that might be like, wait, what? I used to be in healthcare and like a past life, it was so easy to finish my job at 5 p.m. and be done for the day because I couldn't take that work home. I could maybe like 
mull over things that had happened at work, but I was completely separated. There were no emails. There was nothing like that. But when you work in a job where you're working for yourself, you have to, it's like a mental turnoff that you have to do. And if you don't have good like headspace or if you're not good with like mindfulness, it's very hard to switch off. And that was me. I was working from like 8 a.m. to like 7 p.m. And that wasn't like, look at me, I'm hustling, I'm so great. It was like, I can't switch off. I'd rather just do emails. There's a running joke with self-employment. It's like, you know, why work a nine-to-five when you can work 24-7? I think with self-employment, you definitely have to be a lot more intentional with your boundaries and making time for rest and really separating work and life and trying to achieve that balance. Because I think... It was the same with me. I worked in corporate. It was easier for me to stay logged in, especially with work from home and a laptop. If that laptop was not on, I can't do that work. Whereas with our work, we can kind of do it on whatever device we have handy. You could do it on your phone in Europe. (laughs) Exactly. Which is beautiful. It's amazing. And how good is it that we can do the work when wherever in the world we want to do it like we're not chained to a desk or a location at the same time it does have slows it really does I'm so scared of like coming across like I'm ungrateful or I'm complaining because I know so many people would be like you literally have a job where you're making decent money I would say at least for like my age you are making such an impact it's such an impactful job and you don't have like a big crazy boss over your head like I get that I think they are all things that I have a lot of gratitude for on the daily and we speak about on the daily like Sonia and I will sometimes just be working and we'll like look up at each other and be like we get to do this I think the work itself is amazing it's just the self-employment part there's no one that's above you that's putting in a paycheck in your account every week that will always be there you know there's no one that's there to like hold your hand through development like hey let's jump onto this let's do that you know let's pay for you to upskill it's all on you and to put that kind of pressure on yourself it's a lot and I think some people myself included just needed to ask themselves like is that really what I can do in this headspace. I think it's super important that we're transparent with everything. I mean, we could very well sit here and be like, it's the best thing ever and only show you the highlights and only the good things. And there are heaps of highs and heaps of highlights, but it's important to keep it real. And I know no matter who's listening, I think there's definitely things to take away. Well, like what kind of traits do you need in your experience to make self-employment work? I think even if you don't possess like the traits or skills, it can definitely be a learned thing and you might discover new things about yourself. It's kind of like just giving it a go, which is how it happened for me and new things and new skills that I discovered for myself. But I definitely would say discipline is one, obviously we just covered it, being open-minded and agile. When I talk about business agility, because I think I posted it on Instagram once, people like, what does agility or being agile have to do with it? It's about being flexible and adjusting to the environment that you're in. Because with self-employment, things are not set in stone. Anything can change from projects to emails, the people that you work with, companies change, we change, like our values and our beliefs, although they're very strong, we might go in different directions, you know, with the business. And that's completely okay. Being agile is 
knowing who you are and controlling your reactions and how you can kind of swim with the tides, if that makes sense. So I definitely think agility plays a part in it. But it's so true. Like I remember we've had instances where we've gone into like a speaking thing, thinking that we were going to do one thing. And then the company has been like, well, actually, no, can you talk about this other thing? And it's like, okay, sure, fine. I recall turning up to an event thinking I was going to do a presentation for an hour. So I arrived like the night before, thought it was going to be like an hour long presentation, then reread the email. I mean, it was my fault. I realized it was a two hour presentation. I had to come up with another whole hour of material the night before. I was up all night. And then we also had a meeting from a sponsor that was like, hey, something's just come up. We need like an urgent call. And so I was sitting there with my dinner doing both things at the same time. And that's the kind of thing that I never had to do as an optometrist. I got to enjoy my time and there was never emergencies where if I didn't fix it, my brand would be, you know, tarnished or people wouldn't take us seriously or want to work with us again. So I think everything that you said has got real life examples and experiences behind it. I don't think they're wishy-washy. Tell me the person that calls it wishy-washy. I will talk to them. Do you think there is like a nine-to-five versus self-employment whole argument? Which one's better? I don't think that it's a case of some people are suited for nine-to-five, some people are suited for self-employment. I agree with what you're saying, like traits can grow and change. So I actually think it's more life-based, like where are you in your life? There's going to be a period in my life where I might not want to be self-employed. Maybe I go, you know what? I'm so done. I'm so tired. I just want to work and literally not focus on anything other than like my responsibility to do like one task and I'm just too old and too tired or I might have a change in my health and I need to focus on that and my health is more important than the stress of owning a brand and that might you know change what happens to me or or having a child for example maybe that's a stress that other people can handle maybe I can't so I think For every single person listening, there might be a time in your life where it's right for you to be self-employed, but there will be other times where nine to fives work. So for me, I never want to like knock one out. The grass is greener where you water it and where you want to be. And I think people should be empowered that you're allowed to change your mind. The fourth truth about self-employment that I think people shy away from is that you actually don't want to spend or don't want to take out money from your business to live like a lifestyle that you want. So what I mean by that is when I was younger, I was like, imagine if I owned a business and it made like six figures, that's like six figures for me. And the truth is no, it is not. I am very honest. I take about $52,000 a year out of my business. So about a thousand dollars a week, that's pre-tax. So after tax, it's even less. I have a mortgage that's about 500 a week. So I'm really not living the lavish lifestyle I wish I was. And that's because you realize that this business needs money in its account more than you need it for your lifestyle. So that business needs money for projects that you might want to take on in the future. Or if you want to hire people, they need a salary. Like that's more important than your own. And then the idea of 
you know, well, what if you have like a lull month or a lull lull year, for example, you want like some reserves to carry you through and everything adds up to a point where you're like, why, like it would be so silly to take out a lot of this money for myself. And if anything, I want to sacrifice my own personal money for the business to grow and then I'll start living it up, you know, five, 10 years down the track. I used to have friends that did go into business and would pay themselves very little. And I would be like, why do they do that? Like, why do you take out 50 grand a year? It's your business. Like give yourself a hundred K salary. Why wouldn't you? And now I see it like the regret I would have if I was living lavishly and my business was failing. So I guess what the takeaway of today is I think we kind of spoke about a lot of things but mainly the four truths that no one tells you about quitting your job and being self-employed but yeah i think that's a good place to wrap it up now if you want more of us you can find us on instagram girls that invest our facebook group has 16,000 people which is absolutely crazy we saw a group in wellington are meeting up so there are some great things that you can do meet a lot of great people and of course our book is coming out soon so if you want to buy a copy of girls that invest it is a best-selling pre-seller which is kind of crazy but there's a link down in the show notes for that and now the disclaimer To finish off our disclaimer, so Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.